Good morning, this is Historian Speaks, coming to you with another episode on contemporary Black history. Today I would like to talk a little bit about Kamala Devi Harris. Kamala Harris has been selected, as most of you know, by Joe Biden, who is running for, who's the Democratic nominee, or presumptive Democratic nominee for President of the United States. She has been chosen to run with Joe Biden. Um, most of you know the basic information about Kamala Harris, but I'll just say a few things about her in terms of her background, who she is, and then I want to talk specifically about how we might think about a number of the news reports that are circulating about various aspects of her career, especially her time as a San Francisco prosecutor and then her time as the Attorney General of California, Um, less so about her Senate uh, experience and then her subsequent nomination as the vice presidential nominee. But I think that period as the prosecutor in San Francisco and the uh, period where she served as the attorney general uh, deserves some discussion. Uh, Not so much in terms of a specific discussion about what happened, but rather how we might evaluate some of the sources that are being used to discuss it. Okay, so Kamala Harris uh, grew up in Oakland, California. Uh, She was born to two uh, parents, one of Jamaican ancestry and a mother from South Asia uh, in India. Um, She earned her law degree, or undergraduate degree, I should say, from Howard University and a law degree from the University of California, Hastings. And she began her career in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. Uh, In 2003, she became the district attorney of the city and county of San Francisco, uh, and she completed two terms as the district attorney of San Francisco. Uh, After completing those two terms, she was elected as the first African-American and first woman to serve as California's 32nd uh, attorney general. Um, In that role, she had a number of important achievements. Uh, She won a $25 billion settlement for California homeowners hit by the foreclosure crisis. She uh, defended California's landmark climate change law. She protected the Affordable Care Act, and she helped win marriage equality for all Californians. Uh, And she was very active in prosecuting transnational gangs that trafficked in guns, drugs, and human beings. After completing her term as the California's state's attorney, the attorney general of California, she then became uh, a U.S. senator from the state of California. So I think the uh, Kamala Harris story is a very powerful one. She certainly uh, is an individual who's had a wealth of experience uh, as um, a uh, legal prosecutor and, of course, also as an administrator as the um, California, the Attorney General of California. One of the things that I wanted to do today is to talk a little bit about how we might think about uh, some of the material that is available uh, on the internet that purports to provide information about Kamala Harris, 
uh, and we might look very carefully at uh, some of these uh, discussions, and then I think more importantly, how to analyze and make sense of what is being said. So I think one of the things I want to do today is talk a little bit about how we might evaluate information on the internet. And I think uh, one of the important, there are three important issues here that I think we need to look at. I want to talk first about evaluating internet resources, and then secondly, talk a little bit about evaluating social media. Um, The first issue here is, uh, there are three main issues, and I want to go over each of these in turn. Um, Whenever I work with students, I've taught historiography in the past, I have training uh, as a historian, and so one of the things that we do is we, we spend a lot of time talking about sources, where information comes from, how generation information is generated, um, how we can use information, evaluate information, think critically about it, um, what sources are more reliable than others, etc., etc. So I'm going to talk about three things here, and then in evaluating the internet resources, and then second, evaluating social media. Uh, when we look at documents, one of the there are three things that I think we need to look at uh, in terms of making sense and understanding what the document is. And I want to go through these fairly quickly. First is, who wrote it? So authorship. Who wrote the document? Who produced the document? Authorship. The second is the publishing body. Um, who publishes it? Um, what is that group like? What is their philosophy, etc.? And then uh, the currency of a document itself. So the first thing I would want to then do is talk a little bit about um, um, authorship. Okay, so um, one of the things that we need to look at first when we're evaluating internet resources is, is the document signed? That's the first issue. Second is, can I get more information on the author by linking from this page to other documents? Was there information about the author on the page where I linked to this one? So who is the author? Always take a moment to find out who is writing. So you can do a basic uh, Google search, find out who the author is, what their affiliations are, what groups they're located, they're connected with, what's their philosophy, are they conservative, are they... Uh, liberal? Are they, um, uh, uh, who are they affiliated with? Uh, um, So forth and so on. So getting information about the author, know who the author is, that's going to tell us a great deal then about um, the perspective of the source. Okay? Okay. And you can go through as you find, go as if you could answer yes to those early questions that I talked about, then you can go to the homepage of the website uh, where the document resides, and then you can search the author's name and find out other information about the author, um, who they are, who they're affiliated with, um, um, is this person, you know, what's this person's profession, um, who are they writing uh, for are they part of an organization? Are they connected to something? So they are they academics? Are they are writers? Are they affiliated with nonprofits? So forth and so on. So I think it's very important to know the background of who is providing the information. 
that is critically important. So one of the first things you want to do is make sure that the individual that you are about to accept information from is someone who is reliable and that you can trust. And so you need to know, you can't know that unless you know who the author is. And so you can follow those basic steps of searching, seeing if you have a signed document, uh, seeing then if you kind of get more information on the author by linking the page to other documents, and then finding out if there is information about the author on the page from which it was linked. And then as you do more internal search, you can look in and see once you find information about the author, then you can actually do a Google search and find out who the author is and find out who they're connected to, or they're connected to an institution or a publishing house or a nonprofit or a particular organization that will give you more, more information about not only um, who the author is, but also about their credentials, about their perspective. And again, the credentials are important because again, that gives you some sense of whether or not they're qualified to actually talk about a particular topic. So that's uh, critically important as well. Um, the second issue is the publishing body, okay? Um, when you're on, on the net, take a look at, you know, again, you're looking at this issue of affiliation and we've talked about that also with authorship. So three things you wanna look for here, a header or a footer, that may show the, so that a header is something that appears at the top of the document, a footer is something that appears at the bottom. Um, is there some sort of affiliation or connection to a website that gives you a, a larger website that tells you who this person is uh, connected to and so who published the piece? Um, is there a watermark or wallpaper that fulfills the same function. Sometimes, sometimes when you go on on sites, you'll see um, a watermark or a seal or a logo that's associated with an organization. So that'll give you some sense of what the organization is. Is there a link at the top or the bottom, again, in the header or the footer, that will take you to the web page of the publishing body? Um, and then also, is there a link on the site that will give you an opportunity to send a message to the webmaster, whoever is the host of the site. Okay, so that's a, a, another way that you can get information about. Um, okay, so so all of those things I think are critically important. So again, uh, as you're looking at the publishing body, that's another way, just like authorship, that is another component of determining who is writing What's the affiliation of the organization? What's their perspective? Um, what types of things do they promote? Um, what types of issues are they involved in? You have to really be clear about those kinds of things in order to make an informed assessment about what people are actually saying on a particular site. So that's pretty, pretty important there. So authorship, publishing body, very important in terms of getting a sense of who is producing information, uh, what groups, um, what organizations are they affiliated with, and then that can tell us a great deal then about their particular perspective and how they're looking at particular issues. So that's gonna be critically important. And lastly, the currency of a document, okay? Um, 
one of the things that we need to do when we're looking at documents is to determine um, their currency. So by currency, what we mean here is that is the document uh, uh, relatively new or relatively up to date, or is it something that is out of date, that is uh, published uh, long uh, in the distant past, uh, it hasn't been updated. It hasn't. It doesn't account for new information. Um, um, information may not be correct. So we have to look for the currency of the document. How current is it? So, um, okay. So, uh, currency. I think is very important in terms of thinking about what. A document is doing for you. Um, uh, does it include markers in the in the uh, article that are related to the topic that you're discussion discussing? Um, does it include information related to the topic of discussion? Um, uh, does it link to the issues that? are being discussed in the document. Okay. Um, so in order to, to determine if it's current, you need to look at the bottom of the page and look at the last updated page. Um, you can also uh, use the document info feature in the view menu. Uh, that will sometimes tell you the, the date. And then you can change uh, the URL by backing up the last slash in the address. And that will allow you to see what we call a directory or a subdirectory on the server. And so that's going to be critically important in terms of thinking about what those issues are. So again, when we think about documents, we want to look first at the authorship, uh, you know, who has written it, who is the individual, let's get information about them, do they have a URL, do they have a website, let's find out. Very important because it gives us a sense of the perspective. Secondly, the publishing body, who is publishing it? Um, what are their affiliations? What are their interests? What kind of work do they do? And then we want to determine how relevant, how current, how up-to-date the document is, the currency. Those are going to be in critical, critical issues. Now I want to talk a little bit about um, just uh, a few things regarding evaluating social media. Social media is incredibly important. And what we're finding is that there are a number of of, uh, of, of uh, issues, salient political issues, contemporary things that are being posted on social media. But invariably, we don't have any way of analyzing social media. We, many times, because it's visual for many people, then uh, we think that, oh, this is something that's, that's true. And so there are many situations in which a lot of material that is essentially propaganda that is trying to persuade you uh, about a particular issue but doesn't isn't informed by any serious discussion isn't informed by any uh, vetted or credible information about the topic that information is just thrown out and people accept it without thinking critically about it and so those things are uh, important to sort of keep in mind in terms of how we might think about social media. So it's prolific, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
Pinterest, uh, Tumblr, all of these sites provide uh, information. And so the question is, how do we evaluate it? And so I want to just point out a few things that will help you think through some of these issues. And we're seeing a lot of material being generated um, about um, Kamala Harris in these uh, forums, and people are saying all sorts of things. And this is not only true for Kamala Harris, but also on COVID-19, Black Lives Matter, uh, the George Floyd protest, all sorts of discussions that are not uh, uh, vetted or credible, but rather are designed to persuade people without providing uh, adequate uh, supporting information. So uh, one of the things we want to do here is sort of think about how we might evaluate uh, social media. So um, uh, just a couple of things I want to talk about here that will be useful in terms of thinking about how we evaluate social media. First, uh, we want to know the location of the source, okay? Okay. What is the location of the source, okay? Are they in a place they are tweeting or posting about, okay? Uh, Look at the network. Who's in their network? Who follows them? Uh, Are you familiar with this account, okay? Content, another important issue. Can the content or information be corroborated from other sources, or or is it just outlandish conspiracy theory that has no basis in reality. So that's going to be important, looking at the content. Okay. Are these, uh, are, are, is this one post or several posts? So are there contextual updates? Are they situating this information in the context um, of when it occurs? Or are they sort of stuck in a one-dimensional framework that is disconnected from context? So when we talk about context, we're talking about putting something in its proper perspective. Um, uh, I cannot talk about events in the 19th century from the perspective of the 20th and 21st century. If I want to talk about context, then I need to talk about these 19th century events in the context of how people are thinking about these events in the 19th century. So that's the proper context. So how am I thinking about these contextual issues? Uh, again, age. What is the, uh, what, how old is the account, right? Um, Many times, uh, people are sometimes creating things on the fly, and then those accounts sometimes tend to be less reliable than those that have been around for a little time. And then the question is reliability. Uh, Is the source, again, going back to authorship, publishing body, is the source reliable? Is the source something you can rely on? Is it something that makes sense? These are discussions that I think are critically important. So reliability is important. So again, location of the source, network, content, contextual issues, age, and reliability. If we're going to talk about these evaluating the internet sources, we have to think about authorship, publishing body, and currency. So all these things I think are going to be critically important as we go through the election season and as we're thinking about how to assess one's particular record. What we've done at Historian Speaks is I've provided you with sources uh, in a bibliography called Move On Up, which is taken from the Curtis Mayfield song of the same name, uh, which was done in 1970. And he talks about uh, the upward elevation of African Americans and pulling the community up and moving forward. And of course, it's part and parcel of, of, of 
the change that's occurring in this period in terms of uh, all these momentous changes that are occurring in, in American life as a result of the civil rights movement and the women's rights movement and the anti-war movement and the student movement and so forth and so on. And so these are really uh, important times. And so one of the things that I think is important here is learning to think critically about information and how it's presented so that we can become critical thinkers uh, who are deeply engaged with the material that we examine and that we utilize to make judgments. So one of the things that you'll notice when you look at a lot of the material on Kamala Harris, and we have provided on Historian Speaks this informational bibliography, which covers various aspects of her career. A lot of these articles are current, some are older, um, but I think they give you a balanced perspective on her career and on some of the uh, varying viewpoints about uh, her development and evolution as both a lawyer and also as a politician. And so I think we've, we've found a good balance between um, individuals who are critical of the legal system uh, and critical of the role that Mrs. that Kamala Harris would have played as a prosecutor and a uh, attorney general versus those who can provide a more even-handed uh, and a more um, objective assessment. So uh, instead of tilting the discussion to one perspective, I've tried to include different perspectives because there are different ways to interpret one's actions based on your perspective. Uh, and so, for instance, if you are an individual in the legal community who's involved in the innocence, in the innocence projects, you are going to be very critical of prosecutors and you are going to look to, uh, and, and, and also very critical, I think, of state's attorneys because your interest is, of course, in freeing your clients. And so you're looking for ways to put pressure on um, the legal system to get a certain result. So uh, that's important to keep in mind as well. And I'm not saying that uh, that's bad uh, or problematic. In fact, uh, people are doing their jobs. And so that's a, that's a very noble cause. But I'm saying that that will give you a particular perspective and outlook on particular issues. For instance, if you're associated with the police union, you'll have a particular perspective that's quite different uh, in terms of how you might think about uh, the system and those kinds of things. So perspective matters, context matters, where people are coming from. So I think these kinds of things are very important. And so if we are thinking critically about this issue of um, authorship, publishing body, and currency, that could be useful for how we think about these sources and how they present themselves and the kinds of conclusions that people are reaching. So I think it's important. One of the things I want to leave with you is the importance of being critical, the importance of thinking about the types of sources, critically about the sources that we utilize, thinking about who the author is. Always know who the author of the source is. Always know what the perspective is. Always uh, never take anything at face value without thinking critically about it. Always know who's publishing it and their particular philosophy or viewpoints or ideologies or ideologies. 
always look at how current the document is. Those kinds of things are critically important. And so as we're going through the season, we want to be critical thinkers so that we aren't caught up in conspiracy theories, that we aren't caught up in uncritical thinking, we aren't caught up in um, accepting what we hear without asking why and having the tools to make an informed decision. And this is going to be very critical, I think, as we think about uh, the election season as a whole, but I think also as we think about Kamala Harris and her role, and we begin to see some of these problematic discussions beginning to emerge, the recent controversy with Newsweek and the whole birther uh, discourse. All of these things, I think, uh, really point to the importance of being critical, the importance of being informed, the importance of knowing how to look critically at sources. And so one of the things that we want to always do at historianspeaks.org is give you the best, the most balanced information about contemporary black history. We urge you, we urge you, we urge you to visit the site, join the email list, and donate. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please follow us, Historian Speaks, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're on the move, and you're going to see us more and more as the election season goes forward. We're publishing three pieces each week. We're doing some really important work, and we need your support to move forward, to move on up, as Curtis Bayfield would say. Please support uh, independent black media. That's very important because we need to play a role in the kind of work that we're doing and we need to be at the center of producing work about ourselves. And that's critically important. And I want you to be a part of it. Donate whatever you can to support our work. And we will continue to do our best to bring our best to you. Thank you. This is Historian Speaks, signing out.